Well, welcome to the Outdoor Wires Weekend Edition. I'm Jim Shepard, flying solo this week as everyone gets back from SHOT Show and recovers from the SHOT Show crud. Hopefully everyone will survive. So far, we've survived the longest government shutdown ever. But what about our public lands and the damage done during the temporary shutdown? Well, it depends on who you ask, but environmentalists say the damage is irreversible. Conservationists say that with the exception of the damage that humans did, poaching, littering, and such, it's not much the lands can't do to heal themselves. I certainly hope that's the case. I know it would have been much worse if volunteers hadn't chipped in and tried to keep things on an even keel. Now the support staff, the rangers, the administrators back on the job, they're finding a lot of cleanup work still has to be done. But you know, the biggest story of the past week wrapped up on Friday in Las Vegas, Nevada. That would be the SHOT Show. And this year's show was a monster. There's no doubt about it. 700,000 square feet of exhibitions pretty much overwhelmed the attendees. But the show was bigger, but attendance wasn't. And talking with several of the larger and smaller exhibitors, they, they certainly noticed. I made a last-minute dash through the three-level of exhibition space on Friday. Ordinarily, I would have been long gone because I know I can't see it all and I quit trying, but I had the sense I was missing something. Turned out what I was missing was the crowding in the aisles. What does that mean? I don't know. Barely more than 24 hours passed, but even 2020 hindsight's not much uh, good just yet. But... People tell me the slowdown in sales last year impacted their decisions on how many people they would travel to shot. Now, that was the buyers, not the exhibitors. But even retailers and exhibitors agreed that they'd made the decision not to travel so many people this year. Now, we're going to talk about shot today, and that's it. And what you're going to get here is my personal observations based on about 40 years of trade shows and not one iota of scientific research. Now, SHOT's done a lot of good things, but I think this is probably the largest show I've ever seen that was so nimble and responsive to what people want. They've got a lot of good going for them. One thing they have is the Innovation Showcase. That's a chance for you to get in and see cutting-edge technology even before it starts to become a standard industry practice. I remember at an Innovation Showplace was the first place I ever saw printed manufacturing techniques, talked about blended metals, or even considered an e-bike. Those aren't uh, exceptions anymore. They're the rules to the way things are done. One of the new features this year, which I really enjoyed, were pop-up exhibits. Now, that's a new feature where about 100 companies were crammed up in a ballroom at a 10 by 10 displays where they did their trade show equivalent of speed dating. They were only there for one day, so they were whacking their elevator statements out at anybody who'd listen. Now, I'm going to pause here and make an observation for those companies that spent the not inconsiderable amount of money to be there. Dealer Wire editor Paul Earhart and I were both surprised by the fact that a majority of those pop-up companies weren't writing any orders. Now, we were stunned 
when we figured out that many of them hadn't even thought about writing orders at SHOT Show. If you're going to an industry-only trade show and you're not prepared to write orders, why the heck are you there? And if you're an attendee and you're not prepared to write an order for the interesting products you see there, why in the devil are you wasting your time? You can't see everything in the four-day exhibits if you give every booth only 30 seconds. Time in a shot show is not something you have in unlimited supply. So plan accordingly. As far as the general show, signage was better, directions were clearer, and the basic navigational challenges significantly reduced again this year. I don't know if that's the product of smaller crowns, refinement, or just a general familiarity with the Sands Expo Center. It is the 10th year we've been there, and it's come a very, very, very long way since that first horrible experience. Now, since it's my show, and I'm on the soapbox for things I'd change, here's what I'd most like to see banned from all trade shows for all time, but especially SHOT Show. The document trolley. You know, those plastic crates on wheels that people drag along behind them while they pile any free thing they can find into them. They block aisles bark your shins, run over your toes, and generally create navigation hazards. I saw one guy pulling the equivalent of a three-foot stainless steel wagon behind him. He stopped at every booth, picked up something, two if they were free, and chunked them into his wagon. Now, if you're that guy and you're listening... I'm the guy who put an empty energy drink can into your cart. I thought it was a trash can. I didn't have a hand grenade either. So that's my little way to let you know how people feel about you wandering through the aisles pulling your little steel wagon. And here's something else I'd suggest if you're involved in trade shows. Create designated lanes for people dragging carts or riding scooters. Now, if you need to be at SHOT Show and can't walk, I get that. But I spent a good portion of Wednesday night icing down an ankle because someone on a scooter ran over me. Now, what really irritates me is I was at least 10 feet inside a booth when he hit me. He was racing through to pick up a free sticker or something and ran over me to get to it. No apology, just backed up, swung around me, and kept going. Crazy. And, you know, basic human decency, don't run people over no matter what you're driving. Of course, there's always the inside chatter at a show this big. And here, for the first time, I'm going to do something and touch the third rail of this industry. I'm going to talk about the things that people don't normally talk about. There were three C's this week. The first one was consolidation. In the worst-case scenarios, industry observers see no more than four to six companies eventually filling the firearm space. Not because the smaller companies wanted to cash out, 
but because regulations just priced them out of business. They couldn't keep going anymore. Now, the whispers of consolidation also were about acquisition, but then that's not a C, so it doesn't fit. And that consolidation is already underway. There were talks of companies from the size of a behemoth like Sig Sauer to smaller, super-focused, small-gun companies with niched products as being acquisition targets. We're going to hear about acquisitions, and we're going to hear about them pretty quickly. But we don't talk about rumors. We talk about facts, except when we're talking about what if. Here's the second C, capital. Money is the lubricant for the engine of commerce. That's never changed. And anti-gun groups are working hard behind the scenes to limit access to traditional banking sources. It's an irritant now, but it could become a great problem. Now you say, I don't have debt, I'm careful about how I do my business, I'm spreading out to e-commerce, and that's where the horn goes off. E-commerce is one of those areas they're focusing on. And believe me, if your website is turning out 40% of your revenues and you're processing through a third-party distributor and they tell you all of a sudden they're not going to take your money and fulfill your orders, you're out of business for 40%. So the great problem is not a rumor. And by the way, there were at least three private equity groups that shot in force I'm not going to name names, but it seems like they all like wood in their titles. And they were shot pretty much all singing a simple song. You need access to money. One day you may find out we're the best, if not the only source for funding. So beat the rush and be absorbed. Oh, no, no, that's the Borg. Um, Think about joining a conglomerate today. And finally, that third C, Congress. When we all have common interests, we're stronger. Now, that new look of Congress has everyone concerned, not just about guns and gun rights, but the impact of a seemingly disorganized trade policy, some crazy tariffs they are having some unintended consequences on all American companies, And, let's be honest, the chaos in the administration. It's got everyone concerned. And in our next podcast, we're going to look at that much more closely. And we'll talk with industry leaders in several categories. And I tell you, you're not going to want to miss that. But this week, we're not doing a great big broadcast because everybody's catching up and That's what we're supposed to do. We're covering the business, not getting in the way of it. Well, that's a wrap for this edition of our weekend edition. Now, if you want to keep up with the outdoors, the outdoor industry, and whatever's going on on a daily basis, here's a suggestion. Go to www.theoutdoorwire.com, click on the subscribe button. It's free, and you'll get the latest in your mailbox every Monday through Friday. The latest hot product, industry news, features to help you enjoy the outdoors even more, and best of all, 
there's something you won't be getting. You will not be getting any junk mail. The Outdoor Wire doesn't rent, sell, share, or distribute your information to anyone. It's a promise we've kept for nearly 20 years. So don't worry about giving us a try. We'd love to have you join us. Until next time, I'm Jim Shepard for the Outdoor Wire Weekend Edition.